Hey guys, welcome back to the Video Edge podcast. My guest today is Tammy Johnston from KSA Business. She describes herself as the hold your hand and kick your ass business coach. I love that. Her business is over six years old and in a year's time, she wants to have a huge international social media following and all her programs be full. She says that as long as she's alive, her business is not finished. She's got massive goals and she's on a mission. Fantastic. I love that. She has a team, which is great. And a day-to-day work is with clients, creating programs, problem solving, marketing, growing your own skill set and learning, which is brilliant. I love it when someone is working on being the best version of themselves and is willing to learn because that growth mindset is vital. So I'm Lee Midlane and this is The Video Edge, a podcast designed to help grow your business by overcoming the barriers you face when creating video content. We're brought to you by Shoot for the Moon. If you're serious about overcoming the video content creation challenges that you and many other business owners and entrepreneurs face, then you're in the right place. Every episode, we spotlight content creation challenges so that you can grow your business by this conversation. If you're new to the show, basically, I get to talk to an entrepreneur. They've got a challenge and we talk about it for half an hour. That challenge is always around video content creation and video marketing. And I go through what I would do to overcome those challenges. So if you do love the show, please give it a little review and subscribe because that helps more than you know. Before we meet today's guest, I just want to let you know that we've got courses available at the Video Production Academy. They are low ticket, but packed full of value. The on-demand videos are bite-sized and accompanied by workbooks, cheat sheets, and all manner of goodies to help you on your video content creation journey. You can check them out on the website, videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Wherever you are in the world, as long as you have an internet connection, you can learn from the comfort of your own home using the courses, or better still, the Shoot for the Moon membership. This is a training platform that we've created to help entrepreneurs grow their business. Here's pre-recorded Lee to tell you all about it. Hey guys, we're going back to the podcast in just a moment, but I want to take this opportunity to tell you about Shoot for the Moon. What is it? Well, it's all about having me as your coach without thousands of pounds worth of press tag. You can have me and others teach and coach you in your business every single week. Videos on demand, strategies and tactics, cheat sheets of proven stuff that I know will positively impact your business. Sounds fantastic? Well, it is when you hear the price. It will cost you £47 a month. That's less than a pair of Nikes to empower your voice and perfect your presence. And I want you to try it for free because I know it works. Tried, tested and proven. Here's what you can do. There's a link to it in the show notes and I guarantee you can impact your business positively in those two weeks as long as you're ready to get out of your comfort zone. Now, let's go back to the podcast. So let's give a wonderful warm welcome to my guest today. Tammy has told me that her challenges include finding the time to create video and getting over herself to record more videos. So let's welcome Tammy to the show. Hi, Tammy. How are you today? Happy to be talking with you, Lee. So what I would love for you to do first is introduce yourself and your business in 60 seconds or less. So I am Tammy Johnson of KSA Business. I am the hold your hand and kick your ass business coach. I've been working with small businesses for over 20 years, and I specialize in working with solopreneurs 
as early in their journey as possible, preferably idea stage up to two years, because I work on teaching them the basic foundational skills that they need to first survive and then thrive because I'm on a mission to fix, drastically fix the unnecessary failure rate of new businesses because the vast majority, like 90% fail within the first two years. And rarely is it because there's a problem with their product or their service or that the owner isn't working hard enough. It's because they're technicians. They're technically very good at their product or service, but they are lacking some or a lot of the business skills they need to support that product or service. And that's where I come in and I've helped them. And it's not sexy. It's not a magic bullet. It's not going, I'll turn you into a seven-figure coach in my two-week course. Horse hockey. That doesn't exist. But we will teach you how to build something that lasts, something that can get through the hard parts. Personally, I love recessions because that's when you sort out the people who are willing to learn and put in the work versus the ones that just got lucky once. I think what you do is amazing because so many coaches seem to only want to work with people further on. Oh yeah, they want the big ticket people. They want the ones that are already on the way to success to help boost them to further success. Yeah, I will take you to your fifth level. Like I see all those all the time and we're going, I saw one yesterday. My ideal client is already making $10,000 a month and I want to take them to the next level. All the power to you. But if they don't survive the first bit, they won't get there. No, I agree with you 110% because it breaks my heart to see businesses fail. And I, as a business coach, because I'm a business coach as well, what I've seen is businesses where people have this wonderful notion of, I'm going to open a coffee shop because I love coffee and cakes, but there's no foundation to the business element of what they're doing. So they don't set up a business bank account. They don't do all the checks that they need to do. They don't do a competitor analysis. They don't look at profit and loss and what income they would need. And of course, it comes crashing down around their ears and they walk away from it within two years, like you say, both relationally and financially worse off. And it is absolutely heartbreaking. Well, they put all their time and effort. They want to make sure the shop looks just perfect. I need to have the perfect menu. And yes, those are important things, but they're going, they believe it. I build it and they will come. <laughs> the movie Field of Dreams. And that line is very possibly the worst bit of advice that business owner build it and they will come. No, they won't. What are you doing for marketing when you get busy? How are you handling it? How are you doing with your scheduling? Are you aware of what your numbers and stuff are? How's your relationship with your suppliers? Have you done all the legal stuff? Or are you going to be having the health inspector come in and you've broken a rule because you didn't know what you were doing? Not that you were doing it wrong, but you didn't know. Or the tax agency is going because you're doing this wrong and you're taking advice. Most people, when they're starting out, get their advice, either solicited or unsolicited from their broke-ass friends and family who have never played in the arena and then wonder why they're not getting good advice. <laughs> I work from like the very, very basic, the beginning stages and how do you build something that can last, that can support itself, that can support your family and all that. Like if we get you to making like hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, awesome. But that's down the road. How will you survive? Yeah. 
We're in a very similar position with the Video Production Academy because it's about getting people started. Yeah. So I don't teach cinematic video editing. Mm -hmm. It's not my thing. I teach people simple. Yep. I teach people to get going. So I hear you. So and you can always you... build on skills as long as you can stay in business. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you said that there's two challenges that you're facing with regards to your video content. And it's finding the time to do videos and there's getting over yourself to do to actually record more videos. Now, it's interesting you've put them in that order because I suspect it's actually the other way around. And the issue is more getting over yourself to record the videos and knowing what to record and then finding the time is kind of secondary. Would you say that's correct? They're very, very closely tied. It takes turns because I actually run two businesses. So I am a very busy person and I'll have days where, okay, I've set aside time where I'm going to work on this. And then everything just blows up and I have to look after it. It's like, okay, there goes my, dear God, there goes all my time. But then when I do sit down, like, I don't have a problem. People go, how do you have a problem with doing this, Tammy? So as of today, doing the podcast here with you today, I have recorded 190 podcasts in 15 months. Wow. I've been told I'm an excellent guest. I've been podcasts all over the world, have a wonderful time. I've been speaking on the stage. I've been on radio. I've been on TV. I like all of this stuff. I've been teaching in front of the room for over 25 years. How can I have a problem with it? Well, when I'm just having a conversation like with you or teaching, it's not a problem. But when I have to sit here and I'm going to be on camera, oh, dear God. <laughs> well, I can try it before then. Well, something that was actually starting to work really, really well, but the timing was horrible, is we would go down, the city I lived in had a really, really nice zoo. And they had this atrium. And what we would do is my husband and I would go down and we had our little video set up and we go to the atrium, like right when the zoo opened before everybody came in. And I would go and record a few like just little snippet short videos. So we'd be there for like 15, 20 minutes, get like four or five videos in. And we were doing that once a week. And then what happened? COVID. COVID. Shut everything down. Shut everything down. And I fell off the wagon. And it's been really, really hard, to be very honest, for me to get back into it. Like we moved and we had all of those things going on. But I'm going, I know how important video is. Like, and I know not to be a perfectionist, but guilty, guilty, guilty. I know how it works. And it's just, I'll sit down and I'm going, okay, I know what I want to say. And then I just trip over myself and I just mess up because said it's getting over myself i don't and and i can't do my own editing it's just like the most cringy thing in the world i'll talk to you all i want please do not make me listen to the recording of my own voice <laughs> you are the same as 99.9 yep. percent of everybody else yep <laughs> you have to get over that cringe factor yep and the only way you get over it is by doing it mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because one of the main things that i teach is confidence on camera and I think, like you, people sort of come and expect some kind of magic bullet that, oh, I can do this and it'll be fine. No, you have to put the work in. Yep. You have to make the videos. You have to watch them back. You have to get over that cringe element before you then can be constructive. Mm -hmm. And it takes time as well. It's only a couple of years ago. I was so uncomfortable on camera. There is a Facebook Live. The first one I did, it was beyond awful. And I said, I need to conquer this. Mm -hmm. I can't let this 
hold my business back. I need to do something about it. And that's where this whole journey came from of being confident on camera, teaching other people how to do it. Because my background is video production. I was a VT and audio editor and I could swing a camera, swing lights and all the rest of it. I never had any aspiration to be in front of the camera, but COVID meant that was what was required from me for my business. Mm -hmm. So I had to get the hang of it. So I would say, get used to seeing yourself on camera and getting used to hearing yourself. It does get easier, I promise. And it does get better. But like you said, with everything, you have to go through those awful, awkward, painful, cringy first steps. So when I saw you thinking, I'm going, well, yeah, that's exactly where I am because it's the one thing that I procrastinate on. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be completely honest. We all procrastinate on things. This is, this is my procrastination thing. Okay. So what are you looking to achieve? Other than world domination, clearly. <laughs> Well, I would love world domination because I fix an awful lot of things, but we know that isn't going to happen because the world is filled with other people. But um, I know I need to be doing the video. I need to be able to get my message out to a lot more people because when I talk with people and have an opportunity to connect or they do watch the stuff that I do, the people come in. It's not a problem. I don't have a problem with that, but it's just, okay. Making the time to do it, getting them done, getting over, like you said, my internal cringe factor. And the worst part is I know all of this stuff. <laughs> just like everybody else, they're, they're just having knowing and doing. That's the way is you're a hold your hand and kick you up the backside coach. Mm -hmm. You're kind of in your own position there, aren't you? Oh, exactly. Oh, press me. I do kick my own butt. That's why it's kind of bruised. <laughs> so why now? Why are you taking this step now? Why am I taking this step now? Because now I've built up enough stuff in my business that it has become a priority. So before COVID, my goal was always to go international with my business and help more people. Because as long as they speak English, because I'm learning Spanish, but I suck at it. Business is business is business. I love helping people. My only requirements are, are they willing to put in the work? Are they willing to put in the work? And video is how you have to be reaching people. Before COVID, like networking and all sorts of stuff and meeting people face-to-face -face was wonderful. And then COVID came and I'm going, okay, I guess we're going to have to go online an awful lot sooner. And now it just needs to be done. If I am going to grow internationally the way that I want to and need to, I have to have ways of reaching people and I can't do it face to face. Like I think you make a really good point with that because if you were meeting people face to face, you would have a different type of conversation with them. Yep. It's a much more three-dimensional conversation. So you get to know people in a different way. And that's where video it's like the second best thing because people get to see you. They get to see your mannerisms. They get to hear your voice and your accent. And it makes people feel like they know you even when they don't. So people will actually come and speak to you because they've seen you on video, mm -hmm. even though they'd never met you before. And they will treat you like they have, which I think is always quite interesting. And that's the power of video with it. What strategy have you used or are you using when considering video content creation as a whole thing? 
I know what my strategy is. I know what I want to be talking about, but it's just sitting down or going somewhere and getting set up. And it's okay. Let's get these recorded without me like tripping over my tongue completely. The way that you get over tripping over your tongue is just by doing it again. The people watching and listening to the podcast won't have the benefit of hearing the unedited version where for the first five minutes of this podcast, I appeared to have somebody else's teeth in. Yeah. Because speaking just wasn't happening. But what you do with that is you don't go back to the beginning. You just breathe, center yourself, and then go back to the beginning of that sentence. So I think a lot of times people look and say, oh, I've got to go back to point one. It's like, no, just stop, breathe. And the reason that you do that is because when you come to edit, it gives you a clear space on the track to actually Mm -hmm. edit. So it does center you, which is a good thing because you get flustered because you had a moment. But actually, from a practical editing point of view, it makes it easier to lift that bit out and to cut that out and say, that bit went wrong. The other thing that I would suggest that you do is, are you a fan of sticky notes? Yes. So what you do is, before you go to record, write your bullet points on sticky notes. Okay. And then stick them around your monitor if you're recording on a webcam on a computer. Stick around the screen. And what you do is actually consider what you're going to put and then you can actually use the sticky notes in different directions. So when you're sticking it to the side, the sticky's on the side. When you're sticking it at the top, the sticky's at the bottom. So you can have sticky notes all the way on. Okay. And then what you can do is when you have a little fluff, uh, or as we call it, a brain fart, uh, (laughs) when you have one of those moments, your bullet points are in order all the way around your screen. So it's a lot easier to get back on track. So some people prefer to use a script. Some people prefer to use bullet points. I'm a script person. I'm a teleprompter script person. And like yourself, I'm an introvert. And I really struggle to just speak because I will go off at a tangent, a rabbit hole. You'll end up somewhere completely different. And so in order to stay on track, for me, I need a script. Maybe later down the line, I won't, but right now that's where I'm at. But a lot of people like the flow of just talking, but then maybe just need that little bit extra to keep it on track. So the sticky notes around the screen, I find very helpful. It's something that I do use quite often, actually, if I'm doing a podcast and I've got points that I want to make, then I'll put it around the screen. Because when you're recording, your eye level, your eye line doesn't change hugely if you just look into the edge of the screen as opposed to looking down at your notes. Oh, yes. The other thing that I would do, and the thing that made a big difference for me, is have a dedicated space that is already set up. So this is my dedicated space. It's in the corner of my bedroom. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) The whole size of the space is 120 centimetres by 170, because this is the only place that I could put this. Mm. I had difficulty with getting the backdrop right because... In order to get it to look right on camera, I'm actually sitting at a slant. So the wall behind me is planted. I couldn't put a picture on there because the perspective's all wrong. Yep. So that's why I've got my vine leaves up there because it fills in some of the background. I have a ring light at the front, which I've got high up and pointed at the ceiling so I don't get the donuts. Yep. And then my microphone is set up just in front of me. And all I need to do is plug my laptop into my screen, switch on, and I'm good to go. So that takes a huge amount of the procrastination away 
Because for me, it was always, oh, I've got to set this up. I've got to set that up. Oh, it's too much like hard work. I don't have time. I'll go and do something else. So by creating a space that you're comfortable to record in, it takes away that friction that stops you getting going. What are your thoughts on like the virtual backgrounds and things like that? I'm not overly keen because I think if you have one of the green screen backgrounds, so you can get like a green screen pop-up that sits on your chair, I think they're fine. What I see most of the time is people that are using blurred backgrounds or virtual backgrounds and the computer maybe can't cope with it because graphics wise, mm -hmm. it's actually quite a lot of work for your computer to do. And so when people move, it gets all glitchy around them or they lose an arm or, you know, a bit of them disappears. Yeah. And I've had people like grandchildren appear and then disappear. So for me, I don't like that because it feels unprofessional to me. So I would sooner have this simple backdrop where it always looks the same and I, I can control this and I'm fine with this. And it's my preference over green screen. But if you like to do a virtual backdrop, find one that you really like, make the investment so you know that it's going to look good and you don't have fuzzy edges. Yeah, I know what you're talking about because I've seen ones where they've just, it's blurry and like I said, you'll be talking and then all of a sudden half the body's gone because the graphics can't handle it and that. But it does allow you to do a few other things, like if you want to have stuff pop up when you're talking. One of the things that I've seen work quite well is where somebody was recording, I presume probably in a dining room and had plenty of space between them and the background. And they were working with what we call the rule of thirds. So have you seen tic-tac-toe where you have a grid and two lines down and two lines across? Yep. So at the moment, we're quite central within our screen. But if we were to work with the rule of thirds, then we would be in, in half the screen effectively. Yep. And our eye line is where two points cross. But what that does is give space at the sign. Yes. And because their background was quite plain, what they were able to do was put graphics up afterwards which is really easy to do in Canva because you just yep. tell it to do a transparent background. So you can overlay that and then that looks really cool. I think that can look great to do that so you stay on screen rather than it cut to slides or cut to video. Depends on what style you want to go with, but that's a simple solution to that one. Yeah, I think if you're picking a virtual background, you need to make sure that you have something that's quite consistent and that fits within your brand and your yep. theme. Because I've seen people with like tropical islands and things and it's just like, it doesn't quite fit. It's fine, but it's not relevant. And at the end of the day, when we're putting video out, it's about providing a friendly, relatable, professional image. You want people to connect with you, but you also want them to trust you. And actually, if you don't come across as professional, they can like you, but they might not trust you. And if they don't trust you, they're not going to connect with you in order to... Part, part of the trust is, are you consistent? Yes. Are you putting out a consistent visual message? Yeah, 100%. So you have five questions for me. So the okay, answer... well, we already covered the first one. So how to make better videos. Okay, so question. When to do videos? Like, do you think somebody should be making it a habit where they're doing like, hey, I'm going to make a video every single day? Or are you a fan of doing like the batch recording? I'm a fan of the batch recording. 
And the reason is because there's that procrastination element, even if it just takes a little bit of time to set up, it's much easier to do eight or 10 videos that maybe then is a month's worth of content or two months worth of content. And you can get that done in a much shorter space of time because the reality is you kind of get into the flow with it. So the you same thing with video can be a little bit static, maybe doesn't have the energy. And I think after you've gone through a couple, you're like, oh, I don't care anymore anyway. You just go for it. So I definitely think that batch creating is a great way of working. Recently, I just recorded 25 lessons for a course that I'm working on. I did it in the morning. So I was geared up. I was ready. I was prepared. I had my water. I did it when my son was at school, so we didn't have a squeaky seat just next door. And so I was all ready to do that. And I did those 25 videos in about four hours. Yeah, because when you get the flow, um, you get the flow. You get in the flow, absolutely. And you have to be really careful to watch your energy level because in the same way as you get into the flow of things, if you get tired, your energy level will come back down. Yep. And video zaps energy. So the energy that you see on the screen isn't the same as the energy that's being put into it. So there's an element that actually you have to be a little bit more than you would be in real life because the energy doesn't come across otherwise. So you have to be a little bit bigger than you are. But then with the batch creation, I'm also an advocate of repurposing. So say, for example, you were looking at the whole process that you would put a client through. And say, for example, there was eight stages to it. So what you can do is look at each of those stages and say, what is the problem that I'm trying to solve with that stage? And then have a look and say, how can I solve that in different ways? And then that becomes different pieces of content. And then you go, actually, I'm going to sit down and get that out in one go. I'm going to block book three hours out and I know I'll get it done in those three hours and you're ready for it. But you know, that could actually be my on a year's worth of content that you create in three hours. Now, the editing takes longer, but the editing you don't have to do in one go. Yeah. But the actual recording element, you can get knocked out really quickly. And yeah, somebody else editing. You could even say every three months, I'm going to take two hours out to do all my recording, three hours out. And you pre-plan that so it's yeah. ready and it's good to go. Okay, so big question for me, best ways to promote your videos, actually get them seen. Because so there's, there's so much noise out there. Oh, a huge amount of noise. So what you have to do is make sure you are authentically you. Because the one thing that you have that nobody else has is Tammy. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really important. So being you is really, really important. I tend to work backwards. My main platform is YouTube. It's a search engine rather than social media platform. So any content that I put out there will last for years and can be promoted for years. So I make sure that I create a video that is something that is relevant to people. So I check my keywords. I have a look and see what other people are producing on YouTube and see what is getting good hits and what isn't. And well, so how are you checking your keywords? There's an app called Keywords Everywhere. So that's a really useful one. And if you can use AI, if you can use ChatGPT, you can ask 
AI to do that research for you and say, give me keywords around this specific subject. So then you create those videos and then you can take sound bites out of those videos. So say, for example, the video that you put out is about making sure that your business is legally compliant. So that video maybe is seven or eight minutes long, but within that, you'll have some real gold nuggets. You'll maybe have two or three, maybe more that you could list out recorded once, but then you take short form content out of that. And that short form content, what you can do is change it from being landscape, which is like a laptop mm -hmm. screen to vertical, which is what short form content is consumed in. And a lot of editing apps, you can just click a button that says change it around. So you then list those little sound bites out, make them so the vertical video, and then make sure that when you post them as part of your social media strategy, it all links back to the original video. Now, the thing is, once your video's up, you can link back to it whenever. So if you've done content that covers the basic core pillars of your business, you can still link back to that as a YouTube video for years and years and years to come. So maybe some news comes up that says there's a legislation change and this is how it's going to affect businesses. You can create some new content around that that links back to the old content that was from four or five years ago. So it's about working smarter with it and making sure that actually you keep using videos. Another thing that you can do is you can lift your own quotes out of videos from the transcription. And so then you can have that on Instagram and you link that back to your original. So it's all points go back to the video. Anything that you do takes you back to that core content. Okay, so here's another question. With the closed captioning, like personally, I'm a huge, huge fan of closed captioning because there's a lot of the time I'm going, I don't want the sound, it's annoying. And I like being able to read. But I know for a little while, it hasn't been for a while, where people would put the closed captioning on and then Facebook, for example, would do their own. So they put it right over top and you couldn't even read it. Or, and a lot of the time I see, they'll just use like AI to go through and then there's like glaring mistakes on the closed captioning. Sometimes the mistakes are hilarious because the closed captioning can't deal well with accent, will use swear words. So you can have something that's a really straightforward, innocent, honorable piece. And it's like effing and blinding going along the screen because it's not logging into the accent particularly well. <laughs> So what software are you using for editing? Well, when my husband's doing the editing, I have him using Filmora. The last video I did, because I had to do it myself, I just was using Canva, which was quite easy, actually. I was kind of yeah. surprised. Canva's great. And I like Filmora. Filmora I've used as well. There's another piece of software that I'm going to suggest to you, and it's called Descript. And the way that Descript works is quite different from the other editors. Because most of them, it works with a timeline at the bottom and you bring your clips in and you edit your clips on this timeline. And you can do that with Descript, but the way it comes up is it automatically transcribes the video that you upload. So the way that it's really good then is as you edit this transcription, it edits the timeline for you. So if you're not technically minded and you don't want to be dealing with the editing, it's like editing a Word document and it edits the video for you. Now, the really clever bit is at the end of it, you can download the transcription 
as a document, as a Word document. And you can download it as what's called an SRT file. And SRT files are what other platforms use to create your closed captions. So if you're uploading to YouTube, you also add in this SRT file and that's how you have accurate captions. Oh, see, I learned something amazing today. Yes, sir. I've been seeing all of this stuff and I'm going, how do you do that? Cause like you start looking through the programs and then your brain hurts. Oh, oh, some of the programs are very, very complex. And the difficulty I think we have with this industry is that you have people that are very technical, very competent video people are saying, well, you need to be using Premiere Pro. And at the end of the day, 99% of the people are business owners that want to use video for the businesses. Mm -hmm. They're not making movies. They're not making blockbusters. They're making courses and they're making short form content. And, you know, they're doing things on a much simpler level. And it's about finding the right piece of software to work with that level. Yeah. Because you can always upgrade when you have the understanding if you're trying to start with the high-end expensive stuff and it's too confusing for you to use, it's just going to sit there and get outdated. Well, it's all about friction. The higher the friction, the less likely you are to engage with it. So even though I'm a video editor, I wouldn't use these higher-end products because I don't know them. And the time it would take for me to learn them is kind of irrelevant. It's a little bit like you can take a compact car to go and get your shopping or you can take a lorry truck to go and get your shopping. They'll both do it. You don't need a truck, but it would do the job. Yeah. But why not take the small car to go and do the job because it does everything you need it to? Mm -hmm. Yes. No, that was a big one because like you said, I love closed captioning and I know that it's important and I'm going, I don't want them competing and I've seen... Oh man, the mistakes that I've seen, and I was going, oh, that just looks so awful. I would be devastated putting that out. <laughs> Another one of the clever things with Descript is that it's very easy to change the orientation of a video. So if you're wanting to make short form content, you have your whole transcription in there and you highlight, like you would in Word, you highlight the bit you want to take out. And then you, I think you right click on it and you tell it to clip to a new composition. So it doesn't affect your original video. That's all still intact. It copies and effectively pastes it to a new video. So when you go to this clip, you can just click one button and it takes it from being landscape to being vertical. Oh, excellent. And you can still move it around on the screen. There's lots of things. I mean, it has a huge amount of functionality to it. You don't have to use all the functions, but you can. Yes. And, you know, you learn more as it goes on. So if you find you're not central in the screen and you need to be, you can drag and drop your screen across so it fits better. Oh, so it's one of those ones. It's very, very flexible. And I think it's very easy to use. And one that has functions on it that actually benefit what we do hugely. Excellent. Excellent. Well. I think you've answered my questions, dear. All of them. Well, you answer different ones, but those are the ones that were really important to me. As we got talking and got into things, I'm like, oh, that's a better question. That's a better question. <laughs> well, that's okay. One of the questions that you sent through that you haven't asked is, do you have to do lives? Yeah, I don't want it. Yes. Yes. Go do lives. <laughs> that's a really easy answer. Do what you're comfortable with. 
So if you're not comfortable doing lives, don't do lives. There's ways of doing lives that make it so it's more comfortable for you. But if it's not something you want to do, don't do it. That's fine. You'll maybe work up to it in the future. A lot of people prefer to start with lives because, of course, there's no editing that's involved. So I think they kind of just go and get it over and done with. And then they press the off button and we're sorted. And then they go for a lie down in a darkened room with a bottle of gin. Uh, so it just depends on, again, like teleprompters and bullet points, lives, not live. Choice is yours. Well, do whatever, whatever works for you. Absolutely. Awesome. So what will happen to you and your business if you don't get to grips with video content? Well, I know it will be impossible to grow, especially at the rate that I want to, because I just can't reach enough people without it. I just can't. Perfect. And what are you going to take forward? What actions are you going to take? Well, I'm definitely going to be looking into this Descript stuff and I'm just going to suck it up and make a bad video and get over myself. Get back into the rhythm and the habit. Like I said, we were going for about four weeks of going down to the zoo and doing those videos and quite like those. And then everything got shut down for COVID and just fell off the wagon haven't found a way to get back on it yet i i often think that producing content is like jumping rope because we get used to it we're in the rhythm of it we're fine we know what we're doing and then when we stop it's really hard to then jump back in and get going again and it's it, especially it's like when you're a 20 year old woman with big boobs and you have to worry about every time you jump they're going to smack you in the face <laughs> well yes <laughs> Wasn't quite where I was going. I was thinking more about the getting back into it bit, but I hear you. <laughs> I gave you the visual to laugh at, dear. Oh, I like that. And the, this podcast has to be fun. You could do very dour and serious, and this is how you make video, but who wants to do that? Let's have some fun. So, Tammy, when are you going to make a start? Tomorrow afternoon. Brilliant. I'm going to hold you to that. Yes. So I hope today's conversation has inspired you to get out there and create videos. If you'd like to come onto the Video Edge, get an application in via the website. And if we think you're a good fit to come onto the show to look at your business and hopefully help it to grow, we'll make all the arrangements to invite you on. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. This is the show to help you grow your business through video. If you love what we do, we'd love to get our message out to more people. So please like, subscribe, share, whatever it is that you can do to push this show out further. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Video Edge.